0: Today, the average American eats 152 pounds of sugar each year. Think about that. That means we eat three pounds per week. Sugar is everywhere, and I've learned so many ways in the last few years to really limit my sugar intake without feeling like I'm compromising much at all. I feel so much healthier in all ways, in my weight, my complexion and skin tone, and just an overall feeling. Now, you may know I started this podcast to share things that I've learned about being awesome that I wish I would have known years ago, and this is for sure one of those things. Through countless books and documentaries and meeting with nutritionalists and learning through my own trial and error, I've learned so much and so many practical ways to eat way less sugar and not be miserable in the process. So in this episode, we're going through all of that what to look for in food labels, what ingredients you should be cooking with and which you should be eliminating from your pantry, and so much more. Sugar is addicting and it's everywhere, but we got this. With the information, we can make the best decisions for our overall health and nutrition through eating less sugar. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. This one is going to be fun. This is a huge topic, talking about sugar and the effects on the body. I love learning about health and nutrition, and this specific topic is a huge part of that. Sugar. Oh man, here we go. So the first thing I want to lay out here is something debatable and something that different people have different opinions on, but I really, really believe that sugar that come from natural sources. So fruits and some vegetables is all good for me because those are sugars in whole foods. So I'm not talking about any of that in this episode. I know a lot of people are like, well, don't eat too much fruit because that has sugar in it. But for me, natural sugars are completely different than refined sugars and added sugars. So, added sugars, where someone actually goes in and adds sugar to foods, mostly in processed foods. So, for me, of course, you want a, everything in moderation. But for me, whole foods are free game. Go for it. Fruits, vegetables, Have at it because they're whole foods. There's no added sugar. So it's so much better for you in general. And listen, if we listen to every documentary and every restriction, we basically would be left with very little to eat and most of it would just be leafy greens. So I'm just, I'm a big fan of getting a plan going that's realistic for you and everyone in your family for the long term. We're not going to swear off all types of sugar in all forms in this episode because I just don't think for most people that is sustainable and realistic and you would be happy doing that. So I'm talking about the sugar in processed foods like box cereal and almost any other packaged box type food that you would get. There's just a lot of added sugars and the marketing messages often make them seem healthy. So labels can even say no sugar added. And because it doesn't have something in the label that we know is bad, like most of us know, high fructose corn syrup is terrible for you. We want to avoid that. But something like apple juice concentrate can often be as bad and have as much of that kind of bad processed sugar as the high fructose corn syrups. And these are in foods, a lot of foods that we feed our kids, like yogurts and fruit snacks. So in this episode, we have to realize this. And we're going to talk about how to read food labels and what ingredients to look for so that we can choose the best foods. Now, listen, it would be great if we could all eat all whole foods all the time. But again, I don't think that that is realistic for most of us. Most of us with busy lives and we're eating out and we have families and we don't want to go too extreme on our families either, because then they'll likely run the other direction and won't take any of it. So I've told you before, I am really like a middle-of-the-road type person I, in this respect. I love to take all the information, make the best healthy changes, but make it something that's realistic and practical, and we can sustain it that way. All right, so before we get into all of the ways that we are going to limit our sugar, first, let's talk about when we're going to splurge. So splurging is so important, and I don't want this episode to seem in any way like we're taking special moments away. And that's exactly the way I decide when I'm going to have something that's full sugar, full processed sugar, not any of our, you know, not any of our healthy versions of traditional foods, but literally like a big old slice of birthday cake. For me, I ask myself, is this a moment? So for sure, a birthday party for someone special. That's important and that's a moment and I don't want to feel deprived and I'll have the cake and I won't feel guilty or I won't feel weird about it or I won't make comments to make other people feel worried about. By the way, all things that I have totally done in my past probably hundreds of times like I really shouldn't be eating this or I really, you know, I should only have two bites but I'm going to have the whole thing. Listen, make the decision and then go for it. It's important to have this balance and it's important to splurge when you want to and when you need to and when it's a moment and don't feel guilty. And then it makes it so much easier to come back to your really healthy eating because you're splurging when you want to and you're not making this like it's set in stone and it's a rule that you can never break, a line you can never cross. And this special moment for me doesn't always have to be like, you know, a big surprise 50th birthday party. Of course, you're going to have the cake at, you know, a memorable moment like that. But it also could be just like a special moment in your own life. So for me, maybe my husband brings home, maybe he stopped at the mall to pick up alterations or something, and he'll bring home Godiva, like chocolate covered strawberries and chocolate covered pretzel rods and whatever else they have. For me, all. I'll realize, you know, this is a moment like that doesn't happen very often. That's so sweet that he went out of his way. Let's enjoy that together, right? So it's not all the time, it's not something that I make a habit of doing. It's not every couple of days or even once a week. It's one of those occasions where I tell myself, "Okay, this is the moment. This is a moment, a special moment. It could even be a moment by yourself. It doesn't have to be with other people, but That's how I determine when I'm really going to splurge on the full sugar stuff. I decide, is this a moment? And that's how I decide yes or no. It's all about balance and choosing when you're going to have those full sugar foods like cake and ice cream. And when you do, go all in. Enjoy it. Don't feel guilty. Don't say negative. Talk about it. And then go back to your normal after that. And it will help you maintain your normal. All right. Next, let's get into sugar and where it lives. Sugar is not just in cupcakes. For the longest time, I really didn't realize just how much sugar was in so many of the foods that we eat and not sweet foods like Chinese food or so many takeout type foods have a ton of sugar, especially anything with heavy sauces is can really hold in a ton of sugar. It's not just in cakes and cupcakes and cookies and ice cream like we would traditionally think of sugar. It's in lots of foods that turn sugar in your turn into sugar in your body. So white starches, for example, like yes, it's a white starch, white bread, right pasta actually turns into sugar in your body. So you may not feel like you're eating a ton of sugar because you aren't eating the cake and the ice cream, but we have to be aware that it comes in other forms too. Like I said, Chinese food for example, or lots of juices, or different things like this. It's just in so many things, and often, we are addicted to it, and we might not even realize it. Just because it's not straight sugar doesn't mean it's not turning into sugar in your body. Like I said, I think probably top of my list for number one culprits for most people are white breads and white pastas. And here's the thing. Sugar becomes fat. I grew up in that whole fat-free generation. I'm not sure if you did, but you know when Snackwells came out and they had those fat-free cookies and they were like sold out on shelves and it was like gangbusters to get these fat-free chocolate marshmallow cookies because they were fat-free. And we were like, yes, because we thought fat was the enemy. But I am here to tell you sugar is the enemy. Fat is not the enemy. It's just a matter of picking the right fats. I used to love red vines because on the label it said fat-free, nice and big. So I used to think, "What's well, it's fat-free. How bad could it be for me? It has to be somewhat healthy or the healthiest of the sugar of the sweets because it says fat-free on it, but it's so not the case. All this stuff, even if it is not high in fat... It turns into sugar in your body and it turns into fat. So we really have to look at the white breads and white pastas that we're eating and try to transition that. So the best transition that would be easier would be to go to like brown rice pasta instead of white pasta. That's the first, this first move. A lot of times it's probably not quite the same taste, but you can get used to it and it's a good alternative. After that, the kind of talking about like the transition of how you would shift away from white pasta. So, first, I would take someone to brown rice pasta. Then, after that, I would go to more like an almond flour pasta. A lot of times, these are in the refrigerator or the freezer section. I think that's a touch even healthier than the brown rice pasta. By the way, all these are alternatives I'm totally good with. I'm just telling you, kind of, if you want to take the steps, Steps to making it even healthier, even healthier. And then the next step would be like a spaghetti squash pasta or zucchini noodles pasta, zoo noodles type thing, right? So get out of the white pastas, go into brown rice pastas. Then if you want to take the next leap, then go into like an almond flour pasta. And then the next leap would be like a spaghetti squash pasta that you make yourself, or maybe you can even buy kind of pre-spiralized. That's how I would take ourselves out of having all those white starches, which are essentially sugars. Next, how to read the labels on processed foods. So we're talking about eating mostly whole foods, right? I told you before, I don't believe in or subscribe to any set diets. I just believe in eating as many whole foods as you can. It makes it easy. It's not a fad diet. It's not complicated. It's not hard to remember. Eat as many whole foods as you can. So I try to limit processed foods, but listen, I'm all about enjoying life and making this practical and realistic, and sometimes you're going to have processed foods. So when you do, look at the ingredient list first. And this is especially true with kids. We know kids love snacking, and they would love to live in the pantry 24 hours a day if we would let them. So picking the best of the processed foods, I think, is really important. Sugar has so many different names. The most common, of course, are sugar, any type of sugar and syrup, so high fructose corn syrup or other types of syrup, even like brown rice syrup is a form of sugar. Also, words that end in ose, O-S-E, like glucose or dextrose, we really want to try to avoid foods that have lots of sugars. So look for these words in the ingredient lists of the foods that you're buying, right? So you wanna look for sugars, you wanna look for syrups, and you wanna look for those OSE ingredients and really try to avoid foods that have them. Also realize when you're reading the label, of course, the first ingredient is the ingredient that is the most in that food, right? So if it's like the very last ingredient, maybe it's not as crucial, but if the very first ingredient is sugar, I will never buy it no matter what it is. I mean, of course, unless it's a birthday cake for a splurge, but look at that and also look at where it is in relation to the ingredient list. It's hard to find processed foods without any type of sugar or syrup or OSE ingredients in there. So look at it, pick the best alternatives and also look where it is in the ratio of all the other ingredients. Is it the very first or is it the last or is it in the middle? And decide that way. Now listen, back to whole foods. If you eat mostly whole foods, you'll naturally have a diet that's low in sugar because nobody added sugar to it. So the best way to reduce your sugar is to eat as many natural foods as possible. That's why I always say whole foods, whole foods, whole foods, because that solves so many of the problems that we're trying to solve in our diet and our nutrition these days. So the more whole foods you eat, the lower your sugar intake will be. Okay, so here's the thing. In so many of the books I've read about this topic or documentaries I've watched, a lot of the advice is like this. Sugar will kill you. You need to cut out all forms of sugar and you need to do it cold turkey today. And listen, I mean, there's definitely some truth to that, but I think that that's extreme and I think that it's too extreme for most people. And while I know this has totally worked for so many people who, I mean, they go to the extreme of nutrition and I love it, whether it's vegan or zero sugars at all or whatever it is, I think for the majority of people, it's not realistic. It's too drastic of a change and it's too limiting of a lifestyle to do long term. We want to eat out and we want to live and we want to experience and try different foods and eat the foods that our friends are eating out. So, I've this is how I've figured out how to not have this huge drastic life change that we likely wouldn't maintain anyways because it's too drastic and it's too painful. But I am asking you to make one drastic change, just one drastic change in this entire process, in this entire philosophy, in this entire podcast, one drastic change. Here we go. Stop drinking your calories and your sugar. So those super sugary drinks, that's what I'm going to ask you to take out right away, cold turkey, and it's going to make such a big difference. Unless, of course, it's a glass of icy cold champagne after a very long week, then that's totally allowed and actually highly recommended. So we're not even going to touch that. That's what we're going to consider a mini moment. But other times, oftentimes, I think people are drinking so much sugar and not realizing it. So this is the one thing I'm going to tell you to cut out pretty much completely and do it cold turkey because I think you're going to see a world of difference. I mean, one large regular soda is like more sugar than you should have in a day, and it's just the worst kind of refined added sugars. Juices. There's a ton of sugars in juices. Now, I know that there are cold-pressed juices that are better, but really the only juices that I think we should be having are green juices. I really think that's the only way to go. So cut out the, uh, cut out the Sodas completely, right? Diet or regular has a lot of sugars, unnatural sugars, and it may seem painful at first, but listen, it's just a drink, right? It's not like food that we're cutting out. So we're going to cut out less food, but we're going to take away the drinks, right? So work with me here. And you really, really, really should think about the sugar and the calories that you are taking in with um, sugary drinks, sodas and juices and lots of other things like coffee with a ton of sugary sweeteners. I think that it adds up. And listen, it's a drink. It's not like it really fills us up. It doesn't make us feel full or satisfied. So now the replacements. Replacing your coffee with lots and lots of pumps of all that sugary stuff. I would drink black coffee with a splash of coconut milk or almond milk. And I know this might be really hard to get used to, but I promise you, you will. And I've learned the more that you eat these really healthy foods, the less good the sugary foods will even taste to you. It's really interesting the way that happens. Like I crave so much less. Like if, you know, I'm giving my kids an Oreo as a treat, I won't even have one, which before I totally would have because I was like, oh, I'm going to have a splurge too. But for me, it's just not worth it. It's just not appealing like it used to be, which is crazy. Like an Oreo used to be the most yummy thing on the planet to be crumpled up on top of something else oh, to die for. But I just don't have the taste for it anymore. It's crazy. So black coffee or decaf black coffee with a splash of coconut milk or almond milk is the way to go. You still get your coffee, but listen, let's have those splurges in food instead of just drinks that are packed with sugar and calories. Another replacement, although not as sexy by any means, is sparkling water. I love the Perrier lime sparkling water in the cans. You know, it takes time to get used to, but it's a good trade-off. You still get the bubbles and the carbonation. It's hydrating but it's not packed with all the sugar. So those are my kind of replacement options. I know it might be a little bit painful, like any change, but it's so worth it. At restaurants, when you're ordering things like iced tea or iced coffee, always order them unsweetened. And listen, I think the name of the game is just try not to drink all of your calories in the form of sugar. It can add up so much. So that's it. I'm done. The only thing I'm gonna ask you to completely stop cold turkey and take out of your diet immediately, because I feel like, It's the easiest to remove and the thing that you're going to miss less than other things. So take that out and let's work on what we're going to eat and how we're going to cook. I'm still cooking lots of goodies for myself and for my kids at home. I'm just using healthier options to make it sweet. So here are the ingredients that I use all the time and I love and I think that make Foods really nice and delicious, but they're so much better than the alternatives. Now, before I tell you them, none of these are perfect. And I'm sure there were lots of nutritionalists and experts that would debate and break down each one of these. 100%. Of course, they're not whole foods. But if we're not going to go completely extreme and cut it out completely just to reduce the amount of sugar and have much healthier options, these are the ones I think that we should use. Ready? Maple syrup honey agave and dates those are my go-to when cooking I use all of them all the time in cooking and a lot of times you don't need that much of them but this way you're not left with like okay cool I'm removing all sugar from my house I'm not cooking with white flour or sugar but how do I still make things taste like real food maple syrup honey agave and dates now the only other option that I have kind of as a backup option is coconut sugar I use it very rarely, but in some instances where you actually need like a kind of a sugar type substance in that type of, you know, consistency, I would use coconut sugar instead of refined sugar. It's much, much better. But in general, I just use those other four, maple syrup, honey, agave, and dates, and all organic of all of these. So that makes it so much better. So depending on your taste preferences and your own personal dietary limitations or preferences or maybe if you know that you have certain sensitivities or allergies let's be mindful of that and then choose from this list based on what you and your family likes and what's best for your specific nutrition. So I'll take a lot of normal traditional recipes and I'll just swap out the sweetener. Like I'm kind of a mad scientist in the kitchen anyways. I usually will look at a recipe for in- inspiration and then I'll just go to work and kind of make my own version of it and you know 9 times out of 10 it's it's a success. So you can do that. You can use regular recipes and just modify and add your own nat- more natural sweeteners. Or when you're searching for recipes online, I'll search for paleo recipes or grain-free recipes, or I'll search things like you know peanut butter cookies with honey or things like that. So I will search terms that I know will turn up recipes that are along the lines of what I want to make and using the ingredients I want to use. Or I'll find a few sites that have foods I would eat that use these natural types of sweeteners. So, you know, you find, um, maybe you'll do some searching and then you'll find a website that had some killer, you know, chocolate chip cookie recipe that's really, really nice and clean. Then search their website for other recipes. And I think that's one of the best ways to cook at home and make your sweet treats at home and almond flour breads and almond flour or coconut flour type cookies or treats or little protein balls. Or there's so many different things that you can make yourself using these natural sweeteners. And there's so much access. I mean, with all that, with all the information we have With the internet and all the great, incredible nutritionalists and bloggers who are every day putting out new information about how to make our own healthy stuff at home, there's no excuse. We just have to put in the time. We have the knowledge now because we're working together and we're learning. And now we just have to search for those alternatives and just make a shift in what we make at home. Speaking about making things at home, I think there's one thing I've learned, geez, even over the last six months with meeting with Dr. Lekos, the functional medicine doctor I see, and Betsy, the nutritionalist that works side-by-side with him, I've really, really learned, really getting into the depths of reading ingredients and and knowing what I do and do not want to put in my body and my family's body, it's that there's nothing like home-cooked foods. You just know exactly what's going into it. So I would email Betsy all the time. Can I pick up this smoothie from here if I modify this or this smoothie from this vegan plant-based place? And she would say yes, but because they're never as good usually as things. Like I thought there's a really great vegan place around the corner that I love and I love a protein smoothie that they do, but it still had a protein powder that has gargum in it. And Gargum is something that is in so many foods or gums in general to thicken them up. It's a thickening agent, but it's not great for you. And the way I learned this is when I was kind of trying to, when I was doing my stomach basically detox, and not like a detox, like a green juice detox, but like when I was trying to repair my gut after all my meetings with Dr. Lekos and the tests, I had to do 10 days of drinking gargum. And I'm telling you, there's nothing that will turn you off of gargum like this. It's the thickest most, you just add water to it. And it's basically like, just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like drinking thick goo and it's terrible. And basically why we were doing it is you put it in your body and it's like putting bait in there. Like think of putting bait out for a my, for a mouse to come out of the, of the walls of your stomach to come eat the bait. So we could try to kill the bacteria and all the bacteria in my small intestines and all the other things. So um, gargum is something that you really want to try to avoid. And listen, if you want to learn the hard way, pick up some gargum and put it in some water. It's terrible for you, it's terrible tasting. But I'm telling you, it was so traumatizing for having you do it a couple times a day for 10 days. I never want any other gums in any ingredients of anything that I use. But listen, that's not realistic. There will be some gums in some things. And I think, like someone on Instagram the other day told me I posted about Siete almond flour tortillas, which I love and I feed my family all the time. And I think they're the best healthy tortilla option out there right now. And someone commented because I did a screenshot of the ingredient list and said, it has a gum in it and that gum is irritating and, you know, not great for you. And I totally agree. But here's the thing. It's the last ingredient. So it has the least of any other ingredient out of all the ingredients. And it's the best alternative. I can't show up and eat broccoli every meal. And, you know, I love having a, you know, I'll do an egg white. I'll do like three egg whites and one whole egg scrambled with a little bit of turkey bacon or turkey sausage or whatever else in a siete tortilla for a little breakfast. I guess it's kind of like a quesadilla because it doesn't really fold up like a burrito. And it's so good. So I feel like a little bit of gum in the ingredient of that is not that big of a deal. So you decide how extreme that you want to go with it. But Bottom line is cooking at home and eating home cooked foods are always going to be the best cuz you know exactly what's in what you're eating. All right. Another sort of obvious one but I wanted to mention it in this conversation is to remove temptation. So, don't have a bunch of stuff in your pantry that you don't want yourself digging into after a long day or after, you know, several glasses of that icy cold bubbly champagne. If it's out of sight, it's often out of mind. So I try to only have good, healthy options, even though, listen, I have a ton of processed foods in my pantry, but they are what I think of as the healthiest of the options. So keep those really, those really, really tempting things in an area that's hard for you to reach. I love this trick, and I'm surprised I didn't think of it sooner, but those things like the double stuffed Oreos, I have them in my pantry but I have them high so those little fingers, my little people can't reach them. And also I have to get a step stool to get them so it makes them harder to get to. It's like giving myself my own little hurdle. So it's only reserved for those special moments. It's not just out in the pantry where you just... Grab it mindlessly and eat it while you're scrolling your feed on Instagram. That's not how we're doing it. We're putting it up high; those really splurge treats, nice and high, so the kids can't get to them and you can't reach them easily. So you have to be mindful. You have to be like, all right. I'm gonna get the step stool out. I'm gonna bring it down, and I'm gonna have a moment with this double stuffed Oreo. All right, cool. That's when you're gonna do it. But it's not gonna be down in the pantry with all the other stuff that we're eating, you know, more on the daily. So to have some alternatives that are kind of grab and go. I like to have pre-cut fruit in the fridge. Now, again, I know that fruit is not as exciting as most packaged things, but I find that a lot of times if I'm just needing a little something, just having pre-cut watermelon and always berries. I mean, berries are definitely the lowest of the sugars and really, really good for you. So I always have pre-washed grab-and-go berries, raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, blackberries in the fridge in clear glass containers because I'm trying to reduce the amount of plastic that we are around and kind of intake in our body. Because when I did my test, I actually had quite a bit of plastic in my system. So I put them in there pre-washed, ready to grab and go. And I'm so much more likely, and my family is so much more likely to eat the fruit if it's pre-cut and like, you know, presented really nicely in there. It's not as tempting as the other ones. But listen, it makes it so much easier. Also, when we're talking about fruit as snacks, I love frozen grapes. And when you freeze them, you know how they kind of, Have a new texture to them once they're frozen. I love eating these, you know, with a movie if we've already had some sort of treat during the day instead of having popcorn each time, which by the way, if you are going to have popcorn, I love the skinny popped microwave popcorn that pops up in a box. I think it's the healthiest of the microwave popcorns, and it doesn't have that harmful lining that a lot of the bags have. So just a side note on that. Also with fruits, I love doing frozen bananas and strawberries with a drizzle of dark chocolate over them and tossing them in the freezer. And the cool thing is it really only needs an hour to freeze. And I actually think that's better than having them completely frozen. So when I'm doing my early prep for dinner, I'll slice up some fresh bananas and some fresh strawberries, and then I'll drizzle them with dark chocolate. Then I might even sprinkle them with a couple things. So sometimes I'll sprinkle it with coconut or some chopped up nuts. Or for my kids, I'll do a little bit of organic sprinkles on top just because it makes it more exciting and it's just a little bit anyway. Then I'll pop them in the freezer. Oh, with the bananas. Sometimes I'll do sliced fro a sliced banana, like slice them sideways in like little slices. Then I'll put a little kind of dollop of organic peanut butter or almond butter on it. Then I'll drizzle the dark chocolate over it and it just makes for the yummiest, yummiest treat. Toss them in the freezer for just about an hour and then pull them out when everyone's finishing dinner. And I think they're the yummiest healthy dessert treat you can have. Also, there's lots of recipes online for apple nachos that are fun. So it's like apples and peanut butter or almond butter and lots of toppings. You can Google that and find lots of recipes for almond and for apple nachos. And I find that I just if I know that after I after I serve dinner, everyone's kinda gonna kinda be roaming the pantry and the freezer in the fridge for a treat. I'd rather just bring it out at the end of dinner so here's the treat, right? It's apple nachos or it's frozen bananas or in strawberries with my drizzle and my whatever little fun stuff on top. And so I think that then they're eating their they're eating their treat after their meal and I think that's fun and it's a part of life and indulging and then nobody ever feels deprived, but it's so much healthier than grabbing like a traditional packaged snack, you know, that maybe some of us are eating now or our kids are eating that we want to try to get away from. And if you're listening to this podcast on eating less sugar, I assume that that's one of your goals, eating less of those, you know, really refined, processed, sugary foods, and doing a swap for some healthier, more whole foods. Now, I also totally get store bought Healthy options too. I cannot feed my kids all fruit treats all the time without them running the other way, screaming and rebelling, and sometimes myself too. I love some sort of dark chocolate covered almond with a little bit of sea salt, or I love HU Kitchen brand. All their chocolate bars are super good. I love the mint chocolate one and the salty chocolate one. We will link all these in the show notes here, but there are so many healthier options of dark chocolate and things like that that you can buy pre-made. I like to store them in the fridge because I feel like it keeps them fresher, longer, and also yummy and delicious. And a lot of these you can even freeze too. You might have people who make food locally that you can make, like there's a sweetest um, group of girls that they make Sunny's cookies and they're in Orange County based locally here, but you can freeze the cookies and I even like them better frozen and they're an almond flour base made with these more natural type sweeteners that we're aiming for that are really, really good and that way, you you know, you're getting store-bought healthy options too. We're not only trying to eat fruit for dessert and they're really good. I love Perfect food bars all varieties I get my kids the little mini kids ones just because they won't usually finish the full size ones my favorite ones are the ones that I've only seen at Trader Joe's I think that's the only place you can find it they're the chocolate chip cookie ones. so it's basically like they're dark chocolate chips but it has a little bit of sea salt in it too but really I love all of the perfect food bars and I think that um they are as natural as possible using honey and other kind of natural sweeteners rather than traditional sweeteners. And it's a great way to get a little sweet in for a snack rather than, you know, like I said, the more actual sugar kind of refined sugar options. So those are some of my go-tos that I grab from store-bought healthy options. Those H-U chocolate bars, I'm telling you after dinner, having, you know, two, three or four or five little squares of those are the jam. They are so, so good. The other thing that we need to think about with sugar before we end this whole conversation is sugar is addicting. I mean, there is a known addiction to sugar, which is something I really didn't realize until the last little while. So many tests have been done on this, and tests in rats have shown that sugary foods, like an Oreo, are as addicting to hardcore drugs. It's amazing. Google this. It's crazy how lab rats when they test them the addiction level of sugary foods like super processed cookies or things like that and feeding them actual drugs and seeing what they go back to and the way that they do these tests it's crazy that they found that sugary foods are as addicting or more addicting to hardcore drugs in some tests which is just which is just so crazy to me studies have totally shown that sugar is one of the most addictive substances so lots of times Food manufacturers use lots of sugar because we like it and we crave it and we want to eat more and buy more. And I'm not saying that all of it is unethical, some of it certainly is, but listen, that's that's what they're in business to do. They're in business to make food that we're gonna to want to buy and we're gonna to wanna to consume a lot of and buy it again. So it's our job to take control of our own health and our own nutrition and our families and know the ingredients and know the ingredient list. And realize that sugar is addictive and maybe we, depending on the level of addiction that you have at this point to sugar, really taking a step back and realizing, man, sugar is addictive and maybe, maybe you're addicted to it. Sometimes it's more genetic, you know, like, you know, some people have more of a sweet tooth than other people, or it can be learned from your parents or your environment. And listen, there are always going to be cravings. When I posted on my Instagram story, hey, I'm doing a podcast about eating less sugar. What do you guys want to hear about? And the number one thing was what to eat to curb cravings or what do you do about sugar cravings? How do you resist sugar cravings? Um, What do you do when you're addicted to sugar? What recipes do you use? I'm reading them here. It's so crazy because I didn't realize that so many people are actually addicted to sugar and and some people realize it and some people haven't yet realized it but the answer to that is everything that I've talked about in this podcast is I don't deprive myself. When I feel like it's a moment that needs to be had, I have that moment but I make sure those moments are rare. They're not that often. Then I never try to resist the craving completely. I just replace it with a healthier option. So maybe it's one of the fruit kind of treats that we talked about, or maybe it's a healthy dark chocolate or some other option that doesn't, where I'm not completely limiting myself and not depriving myself because I think that that just does not work in the long term. You end up going the other direction. So rather than eliminating it, just substitute it, right? embrace it. Don't think of yourself as bad. Don't shame yourself, especially when you're not feeling well, or maybe it's during your menstruation time or whatever it is. Try to be really rational and not eat through your stress, right? A lot of us, you know, really can grab a huge tub of ice cream and eat the whole thing when we're stressed. But really, even though that makes us feel good in that moment, in the long term, we know that's not true. We know that it's not going to make us feel better, We aren't going to have more energy and feel better. No, we're going to have less energy because we just packed our body with all this added sugar, which is what we're trying to avoid. This is a big, big topic, my friends, and one that we will certainly talk a lot more about. So please tell me what specific parts of this topic you want to learn more about, like maybe some things I touched on in this podcast, but you'd like me to expand on and listen. I'll go out and I'll talk to experts and I'll read the books and listen to audiobooks and do documentaries and I'll get the facts because I never try to be something I'm not. I'm not a nutritionalist. I'm not an expert. I'm just out here trying to learn everything about everything and I'm just trying to be awesome, as awesome as I can. I'm trying to be as healthy as I can while being practical and realistic and still being happy and enjoying. And I'm trying to do the same thing for my family and I'm trying to share everything that I've learned with you guys. This is not a perfect science. It's interesting because I was reading something this morning actually that said, oh man, I'm going to butcher this. That basically said, I'm so strong about how I feel about things, but I'm also like not stuck to it. And that's exactly how I feel. Like I am the type of person where I don't think I know anything for sure forever. I think everything's always changing. We're going to learn so much more about nutrition in the next five, 10, oh my gosh, 20 years, all the things we're going to learn and all the new, healthier options that are going to come out. But what I love to do is talk to all the experts, research, do all the reading, and then kind of figure out, all right, at this moment in time, this is what I think the answer is. So like I said, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert, but what I am is always learning and always giving 110% to everything I set out to do and nutrition included. I really hope this episode really helps you take a step back and think, about how much sugar you're really eating and the easy swaps that you can make to be eating much healthier food for you and for your family. Let's keep talking about this. Until next time, my friends, cheers to your health. Thanks for listening to the How To Be Awesome At Everything podcast.